the Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Welcome to another episode of On the Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Each week, she travels to incredible wine destinations, interviewing some of the Italian wine scene's most interesting personalities, talking about wines, the foods, as well as the incredible travel destinations. Okay, skinny recap, day one. Three, two, one. Great start of our market trip yesterday. We were welcomed by the president of the Istituto Marchigiano Tutelavini and the director, Alberto Mazzoni. They introduced a beautiful uh, range of the appellation of the region. The Istituto Marchigiano has a great role in protecting the whole 20 geographical indications, 16 DOCs and four DOCGs, and of course to promote these fabulous wines around the world. Following that, we had the opportunity to meet one producer, the Ondine from Tenuta di Tavignano, and it was really great to see how all the focus is on the Verdicchio grape, that perhaps is going to be the next big thing globally for a white wine that actually can be enjoyed as a youthful and a really easy to drink, but with a great ability to age. And then uh, something really impressive, we had the opportunity to uh, learn about truffles. So Marca is apparently only second to Piedmont uh, in terms of quantity and quality for the production of truffle. And uh, after that, we uh, really enjoy a wonderful stroll amongst the medieval street of the Yezi, this beautiful town where... Uh, the actual Emperor Frederick II was born really in the middle of the central uh, square. After that, we finally enjoy our meal, kindly hosted by the Istituto Marchigiano di Enogastronomia. And uh, of course, we enjoy plenty of verdicchio and plenty of shaped truffle on our uh, dishes. We had the opportunity also to uh, meet some uh, father producer there, uh, Umani Ronchi, Tenuta di Tavignano, the uh, Sattarelli, Mariotti Campi and uh, Morcaro. And uh, we are really looking forward for uh, day two. Aaron Damara, of course, our Italian wine ambassador, as you can tell by his pen. And he's going to do a skinny, skinny recap of yesterday, day two, into Verdicchio, Immersion Verdicchio. Go, Aaron. So after a long day of travel on day one, we got into the heart of why we all came on this Gita, which was to get a masterclass of Verdicchio. So we started the morning high on the hills of the right bank, as they call it here, uh, south of the Asino River, with 10 producers who all met us at uh, Tre uh, Castelli Winery, with maybe the best view of any tasting room that uh, we've ever experienced. And it was a perfect setting where we had uh, 10 minutes uh, for each producer to uh, show us two wines from their cellar, generally the current release and then an older vintage. Uh, what was fascinating about this, you had 10 producers. Each of their wines uh, were quite unique, not only compared to the other producers in the area, but also within their own winery. It showed us how fresh and vibrant Verdicchio can be as a wine 
and also how well those wines aged. Uh, our morning session, we tasted wines between the 2012 and 2022 vintages. And what speaks to the quality of the producers as a whole, there wasn't one consensus on what was the favorite wine of the day. So everybody had their own gem uh, that we all reached for at the end. So that was before lunch. Yeah, and we had we tasted, uh, I believe, 23 wines, two wines each, except one last one. And one extra wine. One, and then we also went to Barapani. That was kind of, you know, Fuori Programma. Famous producer. And uh, respect to Alberto, our tour guide from the Consortio, who did his best to keep us on schedule throughout the day. And also to highlight anything about the producers that uh, they wouldn't say about themselves. As we learned on day one, uh, the people of the Marque are hard workers, great winemakers, uh, but not the first to, to speak or to, to shout about their own wines. That was supposed to be a light lunch, turned into a little bit more of an affair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, including Interiora, which is the <laughs> internal organs, which is their specialty at Trattoria Cantina Sparapani. So okay. if, you, if you didn't try the lamb, you missed out. Yeah. Okay. And then where do we go? We went to Matelica. Up into the hills of, uh, of Matelica. You leave uh, the valleys of Yesi through a tunnel and you arrive in what seems like a different part of Italy. A higher uh, enclosed valley, uh, windswept, the temperature dropped. We had a beautiful introduction by uh, Aldo uh, Cifola, the owner of an estate, La Monachesca. Mm-hmm. Very historic, very renowned. And here we only uh, experienced the wines of five producers uh, of the Matelica region. But again, they all brought multiple bottles, in some cases four or six to show us the breadth and depth of the Verdicchio of Metallica. And uh, the continuation of that masterclass allowed us from morning to afternoon to see what the same grape in two different regions, only a few kilometers apart, can really express in the bottle. And in this case, we only tasted wines from the 2008 to 2022 vintage. And I think the total, Stevie, was another 20 wines in the evening. Uh, so we total- had 44 wines yesterday. Day, day two, not bad, of Verdicchio. A perfect so. start to a true master class in Verdicchio, uh, which will continue uh, today on day three. So uh, fortify yourselves with a little extra coffee today. Okay, so stay tuned. We'll be bringing more Verdicchio wine tasting and comments from our Italian wine ambassadors at large. Signing off. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Did you have your coffee yet? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Now we're live. Okay. Okay, I'm here with Juliana Colangelo, my volunteer for day three for the deep dive in the Marche with Verdicchio. Ciao, Juliana. Ciao, CV. Good morning. All right. Give us the lowdown. So day three, we had another packed day. We started off in the morning at Sartorelli Winery, the left bank of the Nesino River to explore the Verdicchio from this region. Throughout the trip, we're trying to establish some benchmarks for Verdicchio throughout the region. What does left bank taste like? What is right bank? What is Metallica? What is Yesi? I think what we're learning is that, you know, you can't quite characterize them so neatly. But what we did learn on the left bank side is that the wines 
are more concentrated. We also saw in the age-worthy wines, which we've been tasting a lot of older vintages throughout this trip, some remarkable aging. Uh, there was a 2013 from Moncaro that was drinking beautifully. So I think we noticed some more consistency in the left bank side of the wines in terms of the concentration of the fruits, as well as the aging potential being really, really high, high quality. So great tasting at Sartorelli and then followed by a lunch with the producers up on their, their tasting room, which had another beautiful, fantastic view of the rolling hills. So that was the first half of the day. And then uh, after lunch, we moved to uh, Mora de Alba to finally taste some red wines. But first, we tried some Verdicchio from this region. What we learned in this region is closer to the ocean, so more coastal influence, more maritime influence. So we got Verdicchios that were a little bit greener. Uh, a lot of them, especially, were younger vintages, so a little bit more of that characteristic bitter almond that you get in Verdicchio, but also very light very young as well. And then finally, we tried some Lacrima, our first red wine tasting of the entire trip. So there we tried from a, a number of producers. We didn't get a chance to quite dive into the discussions yet. I'm sure we'll dive into that more today. But we did learn some of the basic characteristics of the Lacrima, as well as the history, the varietal, learning that you know it only really came back into existence since 1985. So it's still a rather we can say young region, a lot of younger producers. We were hosted at Filo Divino Winery, which has a beautiful hospitality space. So they also hosted us for dinner there as well. They have really impressive, beautiful caves and cellar room and tank room that they took us on a tour of before dinner. So that was great as well. And then dinner once again with, with the producers, which was always a really nice way to ask more questions. And, and they learn opened more about some the history. older vintages. Yes, they did. We had a 2004 that was tasting really beautiful as La well. So we're of Lacrima, yes. Yeah. So learning also the aging potential of this grape too. So I think we're seeing in this region, both the Verdicchio and the Lacrima have incredible aging potential. They remain remarkably fresh, retain that acid. And it's been a really great trip. Well, day three. So we, do you remember how many wines we've tasted? Yeah, so in day Lots, three, right. uh, we tasted close to 40 wines, I think 38 in the afternoon. We'll start at the afternoon. And then in the morning, around 20. So yeah. nearly 60 wines, probably over 60 yeah, wines. Because then during lunch and dinner, we're trying some additional bottles that the producers are bringing to show us. So uh, it was a, a marathon day. Did you have a favorite, some some particular vintage or wine come to you when you think about Verdicchio? Yeah, I mean, I think that the 2013 Moncaro stood out to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the aging potential of that wine was just drinking beautifully. A classic, I mean, the, the Classico from Gucci, the 2022 was beautiful as well. I think a more distinctive nose than some of the other Verdicchio that we've tried and um, a beautiful wine. So those, those two really stood out. Okay, great. That was Juliana Colangio before her coffee, and I need <laughs> one too. Coffee. So that's it, signing out. Okay, our Italian wine ambassador, Fanny, will be doing the recap for the final day, day four. Fanny, go. Today, it has been a completely different region we visited because we've been to Conero. So we drove east uh, towards to the shore, the sea. 
to dive into this red wine production. So it was nice to also see a smaller production because Conero, it's uh, only 350 hectares, 24 producers, uh, three main producers, but all the rest are, are smaller producers growing Montepulciano grape and uh, producing Doc uh, Rosso Conero since uh, 1967 and since 2004, uh, DOCG Conero. So we have tasted a bunch of uh, uh, different wines. We have really understood and, and felt the characteristic of this red wine, very tannic, not very fruity, much more on the um, tar, balsamic, licorice notes. Also, we could find some saltiness. Conero Appellation, we are not very high in altitude, where it can go up until 300 meters high, but it's not much than this, and uh, the majority is uh, at lower altitude. The main specificity also comes from this very close location to the sea, and so the influence, uh, the climate, a very smooth climate, not very high thermal amplitude, and also the soil made of chalk, so it's uh, white, uh, and this gives this Montepulciano a special taste with lots of tannins, powerful wines, not so fruity as the Montepulciano we can find in other regions. Like Abruzzo. Like in Abruzzo, for instance. Yes. How did you find it, like the difference between, I mean, completely different grape, different wine from Lacrima, the, the red wine that we had tasting to the day before? Well, day before Lacrima, we had uh, also a very tannic grapes, but that was very aromatic. We have the fruitiness, we have the flower, the roses, the lychee, and it was very expressive. Today it was very different. It's not a very expressive nose. This is not the fruitiness that comes first. It's more the structure and also the, the licorice uh, and a wine to be kept for sure that will evolve. And by talking with the producer, they were explaining that recently they even they see 1991, and when the wines are becoming older, we gain uh, tertiary aromas such as tobacco or, or leather, but not so much fruit uh, or and no flowers for sure. Yeah. So, and there was a, something a new, like a breaking news kind of anti-prima of some different kind, right? In terms of the sparkling wines, the new category. Yes. So would you like to? attempt to try to explain to us what that was all about? Yes, so locally in the in this area, there is a production of sparkling wine without any denomination. Uh, in the future, they, are, they plan to launch a DOCG, Conero, a sparkling wine, Metodo Classico. Today, the sparkling wine we tasted without, which are outside of Dark were made from Montepulciano, the local red grape. They were very light in color, almost white. It was very, well, we could imagine it was made from white grapes. Tomorrow, the OCG Conero sparkling wine will be rosé. They really want to have it rosé. And we also tasted a still rosé that will be named Rosa. It's a dynamic region. They are still building the appellation and, um, and try to understand which wine they can produce to have a specificity. Yes, yeah, so presumably this new category of denomination will be official as of 2024, 
there was a bit of a confusion mm-hmm. because the wines we tasted were more like Blanc de Noir, but hopefully we will get the official um, version. In 2027, um, yeah. after 36 months of aging on lease. Exactly. So, okay, that's it. Would you like to add anything else? Well, we went for a walk. <laughs> it has been a very nice visit in Nelle Marche in general. Also, this region that is maybe not known enough. Uh, lots of local grapes, very special wines with a high characteristic. It it doesn't taste than any other wines. I mean, Verdicchio with the white or Lacrima and Montepulciano with the red. So I think this, this is really a very interesting region to explore and to know more. Okay, already. Until next time. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. joining us on another installment of On the Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Join her again next week for more interesting content in the Italian wine scene. You can also find us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. You can also check out our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, to watch these interviews and the footage captured of each location. Chin chin!